Hello and welcome back to a view from the terraces. Gwyn's not with us this week, so you've got to stick with me as your host, Ben Woodcock. I'm here with Rahul, as per usual. How are you? Oh, good. Yeah. Good stuff. And we've got Ollie with us as well. Um, we're going to talk briefly um, about the... Well, we're going to start with last night's game. We've been laughing about it off-air enough, the, the Everton-Newcastle game and everything that went on in that one. We'll talk about the... The the other Premier League games, we've got the Europa League draw, Champions League draw that's come out today as well, then a bit about the cha- excuse me, a bit about the a bit about the championship, um and possibly even League One if we get that far and get onto it. Um but yeah, let's start with the what to call it, fiasco last night. Obviously Ever- Everton Newcastle big game for, for Everton, especially Newcastle brought themselves well away from the the relegation battle, but Everton are firmly fixed in that um, at the moment. But yeah, what was it about fifty four minutes in, and ball went out of play. I think for Newcastle throwing the far the far side, and 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 people are stopping. We don't really know what's happening. There's someone run on the pitch. Is a medical emergency that we seem to be seeing quite a lot in football at the moment. No, it's a new one. Somebody's tied themselves to the goalpost with their. Uh, <sighs> It's just a, a strap, what you know, one of those straps where you you tighten it and then you yeah. you, you can't untighten it. And it, to me, it seemed like you tighten it a bit too much. But so yeah, before we get onto the football, what a comical moment, Rahul! Oh yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I was only watching it uh, as it was on Amazon, um, and then I was not even paying close attention. And suddenly, I think it's around like forty nine fifty. I think when the mm-hmm. ball goes out of play, and then uh, the commentators. I'm not saying anything, yeah. and uh, I think the broadcasters don't know if they are meant to show because yeah. usually these protesters get taken off. Yeah, quickly. they don't usually give them the airtime. But yeah. I think with this one, it was like, like well worth two, it. Two or three minutes in, um, they need to start showing because like yeah. um, uh, people need to know yeah. like why it stopped. And uh, I mean, it's an effective uh, form of protest. Definitely, well, um, it paid off. He's, he's got everybody talking about his it. His t-shirt um, got a lot of focus um, yeah. because it's zipped tied to his neck. Um, they they have to be very careful how they yeah. take it out. Obviously, so even though everyone's annoyed at him, they can't you know they can't like force him out of it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, just like some four minutes later, just this big bolt cutter is being brought out. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, uh, another guy comes on, tries to have a go at uh, uh, the protester. His name's Luis. Um, the guy failed, but that is also funny. Just. <laughs> Absolute scenes. I know. I mean, the way he got taken off as well. Um, for some reason, the camera focused. Yeah, the cameras were on were on him as he got taken off around the ground. Um, and there's the other Everton fan that runs on and uh, tries to clobber him uh, for yeah. his, for for holding the game up. And but yeah, yeah just... I mean, the main thing was obviously was uh, the guy with the great work rate. Yeah. Uh, trying to cut the yeah cut the tie. The, 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 so unbelievable. I, 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 I've man, never seen anything like that. I my think, man of the match. Yeah, I think um, somebody said that it, someone tried to do the same thing at the Liverpool game. I, I'd not heard about that. You, yeah, you I, said you'd heard about it but not seen it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, quite a... I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> you, obviously, you see pitch invaders and stuff like that, but you, you, you very rarely see anybody coming up and uh, attaching themselves to the goalpost and stopping play. But, yeah... Onto the football, Everton won, Newcastle nil. Massive, massive result for Everton. Alex Awobi, 90 plus 9. And Everton had gone down to 10 men. How big a result do you think this is for Everton, Rahul? 
Yeah, um, I think it's massive, massive three points uh, with the manner of, you know, late winner. Um, good goal as well. Yeah. Good, good build-up play and good finish. Yeah, and um, Newcastle defence sort of just parted. Mm. Um, but yeah, well-taken goal and the way with the 10 men at home with, you know, how the game went, I think uh, I think that'll do massive for them. Mm. It's run-up game's still tough. Yeah. Uh, but they, they had to win. The, they had really to win this. To win this one at home. Yeah. Um, it just about keeps them slightly above, you know, yeah. the pack. Yeah, they're now three points above Watford. They have got two games in hand as well. You can tell you want about two games in hand when you're you're in the bottom sort of four or five in the Premier League. But and do you see the red card, Ollie? Do you think it were a red card? Yeah, I personally didn't watch the game too fast. So if I saw one missed person, it all. Missed yeah, it. yeah. You um, <laughs> asked the wrong person there, but. Um, like I say, going back onto a result for Everton, it's a massive three points. Yeah. And it's uh, it's definitely something they can build on now with Frank Lampard because obviously they had the like the, the five nil defeat and uh, to um to Tottenham the other week and uh, to to bounce back from that I feel like I feel like they might be alright compared to other teams such as the three teams worse, isn't there? I think that's yeah. what's gonna keep Everton up at the end of the day, but yeah, the red card rule. For me, it's it's never a red card. I know it's a. I said to you earlier off air. It's, for me, it's pretty. It's one one of those that a ten minute sim bin would probably be more fitting than a red yeah. card and suspended for a game or two. Um, but we haven't got that in in place at the moment. We've I mean, got. It's, it's one of those um like the cynical fouls. Yeah, yeah and usually true. those given get given yellow. Yeah, there's an argument can be made that these sort of fouls should can be generally always be a red. Mm. But um. I, I guess it's the consistency because we usually expect yellow. Yeah. And the other side of it is that um, refs, uh, when they go up to the screen, he's going to overturn it and it, should, it shouldn't be uh, as clear-cut. And we're still yet to see a big decision where the ref goes, now. Nah, my decision, my call was. Yeah, and I, th- I think that one last night was one where... I think he could have stuck to his... Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I think... Um, if... I think it showed the reaction of the Everton players when they did play up on the big screen. Yeah. That's when Alan really lost his head. Yeah, he did, yeah. He had a go at Mike Dean. Yeah, on his way off, yeah. <laughs> um, and there were a joke as well. Someone said, do you reckon that Alan's going to come back on and tie himself <laughs> to the goal? I don't know if you saw, saw that one. But yeah, I mean, for me, is as you, as you mentioned, it's cynical. Um, yes, there's excessive force, which I think is the only reason why he could possibly give that a red card. It's not like it's a goal scoring opportunity. I know he's breaking at yeah. uh, Ma- uh, Sam breaking away, but it's not as though he's bearing down on goal. And for me, I think when you start giving red cards for that, where the contact isn't high up onto his his, his shin, it's on the top of his foot. It, yeah. It's not a yeah. You can say if Sam Maximan's foot was planted, but at the end of the day, it wasn't. Yeah. And and he's in full stride, which yeah, fortunately that's the case, but. I re- I really don't think that you should be giving red cards for for that sort of sort of tackle. I know we've got a lot bigger issues to try and tackle in football in terms of VAR and decision making to before you start bringing more rules in. But that's what I think is more of a ten minute sim bin. Yeah, yeah, which is sort of more than your yellow card. But it, it, a tackle like that isn't worthy of missing the rest of the game and another game or to however many games that Alan's got. Yeah. Just the one in this occasion, but to me, it's not that it, the punishment don't fit the yeah, crime. I know. And I think Everton me. have appealed it as well. Yeah, which 
could get quite possibly yeah. get that turned over. Yeah. So yeah, big result for Everton. Um, big result on Wednesday for Liverpool against Arsenal to close that gap at the top of the Premier League. Um, it's now just one point, I think. Yes, just one point. Liverpool on sixty-nine, Man City on seventy. Which way do you think it's going to go, Ali? Because you know, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, City had gone on that fifteen-game mm. unbeaten run. Yeah. Most of those wins, and we're saying, well. They've run away with it again, and now we're we're in mid March, and it, there's only one point between them. I personally think it's going to go Liverpool's way this uh, this year because uh, if you look at what Man City did this year and what they say uh, last year and what they started off doing this year, uh, we thought they were going to run away with it, like you've said, but with the the attacking promise that that Liverpool have got, especially with Diaz who they've added, he's, as well he's as been Jota a big and, and and Salah and Mane as well, it's. I feel like Man City. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I think that their top scorer, Man City, this season only got maybe eleven, twelve goals. I know Sterling's got ten, mm. uh, but you look at the statistics for Liverpool. All the attacking statistics is is Liverpool is a, a lot better than Man City, like yeah. that kind of statistic wise. But it's just maybe Liverpool's defense probably weren't as good the first half of the season. But it seems to be getting a bit better. They did have injuries going off. So that that looks like it's been fixed. But if you look at the attacking promise, and I've, I think it's there April the tenth, tenth they play each other, something like that. Yeah, they do, and that's going to be up. a it's going to be a massive game. Yeah, and I and I also think the cup win for Liverpool will boost the confidence of both and give them momentum going through because obviously Man City missed out on it this year. They usually got the cups that they that they to spur them on. I think that Liverpool are good towards their favour this year. Mm, yeah, agreed. Yeah, just look at the top scorers: Mo Salah twenty, shot to thirteen. Then you've got Ronaldo, Kane, and then Mane on twelve as well. So you've got three Liverpool players in, in the City, top tide. Then you look at Man City. And, Mares, I think it is. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Mares on ten, Sterling on ten, um, De Bruyne on nine. So they're a bit more. You know, they've still scored. They've both scored. They've both got similar goal differences. Liverpool slightly better, but as you say that. Attacking force, especially the main three, well, main two now that are sort of Salah and Mane, and then you've got Jota that's sort of taken on the mantle from the yeah. and now you've yeah. got Dias going through a hole. Yeah, I think Liverpool, um, they obviously have the goal scorer with City. Don't City don't have the striker? I think yeah. that that could be what caused them. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's way too early. That that game is going to be will be the decider, right? The one they play in April. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like if it were two, two or three years ago, because Liverpool, I know they won the Champions League, but they've won the Champions League, they've won the Premier League, and they've won the Cup this year. They're a, they're a lot more winning side that they were. That's why I fancy Liverpool this way around. Maybe if it were two or three years ago, I feel like Man City would have that winning mentality. But yeah. I feel like Liverpool have just got that. They've they've managed to get that. So that's why I think it'll go Liverpool's way. But it, it is it is going to be extremely tight. Yeah, it's I mean, a good exciting end to the season. Yeah, you say about Liverpool in terms of the titles that they're now winning. They're after the the Fab Four, they're calling it um, of the the Premier League, Champions League, League Cup, and the the FA. Do you think they can do it? We've been talking about City doing something like this for for years on end. Yeah, can Liverpool um, now do something like that? It could be. It possibly, you know. Um, I know we'll get on to the Champions League in, in a bit, but uh, the final could be Liverpool City with both 
teams um a treble yeah um i don't know how the dates work but like that yeah um both teams are really fighting for treble this year mm. um and with liverpool it's um the quadruple right yeah yeah so, quite yeah. possible i mean like, like could they do it uh but i mean we, we, at the start of the season and, and sort of going into november december we were saying yes liverpool could win the league and the could the could have a really successful season but how are they going to go on when they lose Salah and Mane through the African Cup of Nations and they've come through that I mean, yeah. even stronger? The, the, even stronger. The thing is that African Cup of Nations didn't really affect them that badly because only like two or three games missed. Mm. Uh, what could affect them is, um, I know Trent uh, is injured yeah, yeah, now. Injury, Good timing with the international break, but yeah. uh, we don't. it depends, you know, if you lose uh, Trent, probably, you know, player that they can't really replace. Mm. Could also Salah, but you know, Trent the the drop in drop of quality from Trent to uh Nico Williams is massive. Yeah. Um so yeah. Just look at Liverpool's upcoming fixtures. They've got the FA Cup quarterfinals against Nottingham Forest um on the twentieth. Then the travel to Watford second of April. Benfica away in the Champions League that we'll get onto the the draw that's happened today. And then they've got City away Half past half past four, Sunday tenth of April. So we got a, sort of one one Premier League game before the play City. Now. Yeah, and I think uh, for City having to have the Liverpool game in between the two games against uh, Atletico is uh, mm. that's that's brutal. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's talk about the Champions League draw then. So you you mentioned City Atletico. How do you see that one going? Um, I think that's going to be quite exciting. Yeah. Uh, Pep uh, with his um, he loves, you know, his uh, tactical rotations and he'll, he'll try and think of something. But, you know, Simeone, we saw that again against um, um, United. Once they have once they had a goal up, they're really difficult to break down. And, um, I mean, City do have a lot of, you know, creators. But they'll be lacking that one finisher you need in such a game. Because mm. Atletico aren't really going to give you chances. They are happy to sit back. Um, I don't know who plays the first game at home. City. Uh, yeah, City at home. City at home. That's yeah. So then, if Atletico, um, they'll come for a point, or as in for a draw, and you know if they can get a goal off the counter like they did against United, mm. uh, they sit back, and they're just very difficult. And we saw City struggle to break down Palace. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that the same, but you know, it is sort of attack versus defense, and they struggled to get that goal. It's going to be quite fascinating to watch. Not, yeah. not at all. No team at this stage would want to draw Atletico. I'd no. rather have Real Madrid than them, just yeah. because of how difficult it is. Yeah, what yeah. Atletico have done in the the Champions League in the past. I mean, look at some of the other other uh, draws: Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Chelsea home first leg. How do you see that one, Ollie? Um, I feel like all the negative energy around Chelsea. It's it's not affecting them on the pitch yet, but you don't know how it, in the next few weeks with everything's going off with 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 the game against Middlesbrough and the well, mm. I, I I know it was a bit strange getting a flight to Middlesbrough anyway, but I mean <laughs> the fact that you can't actually the uncertainty with a fly. I, I feel like some of the players they were right. I mean I mean you saw I saw Thomas Tuchel's uh, press conference uh, yesterday and he seemed positive and upbeat ahead of it uh, ahead of Middlesbrough game and he. he it it looks like he's making the best out of a bad situation of, of 
with obviously what everything's going off. But he I seems think... to have come out of this quite well with how, yeah. how he spoke do, yeah. on generally what what's happening at the club and how it's uh, and you know the realities of what's going on in the, in the world at the moment. I think Thomas Tuchel's dealt with it really well, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I feel like this this draw against Real Madrid, if the the negative energy and that might go back time they're playing, it might it. I feel like on the pitch, I know they had the disappointment of losing the cup against um, against Liverpool, but I mean they've they won the Champions League last year. They've got a good way of playing. They might they might not have done very good in the league. They they need to make more out of Romelu Lukaku. He's not been the best. I would Stri- say the, the best. strikers in general haven't been in good yeah. form. Either. I mean, you look at Timo Werner. He's never never really settled and hit the ground running. Um, in English football, and as you mentioned with Lukaku, the the same's happened yeah. since he, he's come back. He set off, okay, but then you know he, he's been on a fairly fairly poor run. I think they're relying on Kai Havertz quite a lot at the moment. Yeah, the, I feel like with Timo Werner, I mean they were saying he's going to come good, but I mean he's been at the club like two years now, mm. and we've not seen the kind of levels that we expected that we were playing in Germany. I know he's he's. I think times on on his side. I think he's he's still got quite a uh, good career ahead of him. But, it, but I feel like they need to make more out of the attacking options to uh, to see where they want to go for the rest of the season because they've still got the Champions League and they've also got the uh, FA Cup as well. Mm. Other draws: Villarreal, Bayern Munich. Oh, he seems to be going one way. This yeah. one, Rahul. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Bayern. I mean, Villarreal. Oh. They'll probably put up a decent fight, mm. but you still expect. I mean, they beat Juventus. Bayern are one step more, but can't count out uh, Unai Emery in a European competition. Yeah, of course. Um, but but yeah, I think the the quality that Bayern have got, you'd expect them to yeah. to get through. And then Benfica against Liverpool. Again, you've got to expect Liverpool way, to, to yeah to, yeah. To, I think to Liverpool that. got a got a. Good, really good draw. Of yeah. course, it would be by next, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, so looking towards the semi-finals, so you've got Man City, Atletico again, Chelsea, Real Madrid. Of course, we can't go can't, predicting too much. Yeah. But it, 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 I think if City were to to make it through against Atletico, I think that's probably the hard bit done in terms of getting to the final for me. What do you think, Rahul? Um. Yeah, but then the loss of Chelsea. Uh. In the, the final, final and um, Tuchel, two legs, um, Tuchel and knockout competition is great. So, um, Pepe will have to do it the hard way. Three, three, probably you know, if it's uh, if it's Atletico, Chelsea, and then Liverpool, that's um, you probably earned it if you have if you won the title. Mm, yeah, definitely. And then just looking at at Liverpool's run to to a potential final place, probably easier off. In the quarter final, and then, as you say, probably a big game against Bayern Munich in the the semi final. What? How would you see that one going, Ali? That's pretty. Cause uh, I think we can be more certain of this one that it's going to be Liverpool Bayern in the semi final. Uh, yeah, you'd think so. I I, I wouldn't want to rule out uh, Benfica Villarreal, but I think it's that's what we think that's going to happen. When it goes to Liverpool Bayern Munich in the semi final, that is going to be a game. If, if if that is the case, yeah. I mean. Liverpool have probably got the harder game maybe in the semis, but I mean, Man City have have got the quarters run, but, if, but you think they might be able to get to the semis? 
either Chelsea or Real Madrid, even though they, like I say, we lost them last year. But um, for for Liverpool, I'm I'm not sure if the like the other cups that they're in, they've got the FA Cup and trying to win the league. I don't know whether the Champions League might be a step too far or it might hinder other competitions. I can't see him personally doing the quadruple, but I don't know. I feel like Bayern Munich and Liverpool could probably go either way if that was the case. And yeah. Yeah, so Europa League also being drawn. Uh, RB Leipzig against Atalanta, Eintracht Frankfurt against Barcelona, West Ham versus Leon, and Braga versus Rangers. We'll just cover the 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 final two out of that West Ham Leon I think West Ham will fancy the chances we hope yeah I think um um uh, I don't think Leon are doing that well in the league this season still have some good players but yeah you'd still um I think with the quality West Ham have I mean to go past Sevilla that's massive uh they are you know they rule this competition um uh, they're great manager mm. so yeah um I think to go that you know to come back from one nil down at home to come you know to what two nil is massive uh i think they'd fancy their chances um i mean if they if they win it uh the next they play the barcelona or frankfurt don't they yes uh and i think in west Ham barcelona would be in a semi-final pretty, pretty fun yeah <laughs> something that you wouldn't oh you, you wouldn't have thought that David You'd be Moyes, going into that one yeah. thinking that West Ham would be favourites, but I think you quite possibly would at the moment with Barcelona's state of affairs. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, what's going off at Barcelona is uh, quite apparent to see. But I mean, but West Ham, they've probably not been as consistent in the league as maybe uh, they were in the first half of the season. But I mean, with the Europa League distractions, I feel like that that's especially teams like Arsenal that have not actually been in uh, Europe this season. I know they've they've kind of become above um, West Ham in the league but I feel like it, maybe the league not being as good as they were last year because they finished fifth last year but it was unlucky to get not about the Champions League but what they've got in the Europa League to beat Sevilla I feel like they've got a chance against Lyon and if they've got Barcelona in the, the semi-final it'd be an amazing thing for West Ham fans that the fact that they're playing Barcelona for a place in the final potentially where they could even play um, I know you've got Atlanta and Leipzig but I mean, you'd fancy maybe Rangers over Braga, and then you've got Rangers over Braga, over Atlanta or Leipzig. I mean, imagine if it were Rangers West Ham final. It'd be brilliant. That really, that, that that really. Well, I don't. Do you know where the Europa League final is this year? Um, I'm not sure where it actually sure. is. Not sure where's the Champions League. Sevilla. Oh, Europa League. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Braga Rangers. It's a it's a difficult one for me this because. Carlos Carvral is the manager of Braga, yeah. um, but I also would like to see Rangers go all the way and win it. Um, so for me, I'm struggling to pick one between those two. Um, I think the fact that Rangers are at home second leg will probably be an advantage. I don't, I don't know how the Rangers fans really see that one. Possibly they'd rather have, have it at home first leg and try and get a good lead at Ibrox, but against Dortmund, it didn't matter. It, it, it didn't matter. So, so yeah, um, it's difficult. I, I'd like to see them both win it, Braga <laughs> and Rangers. So, what do you think, Rahul? Um, I think I mean, Rangers um, could take that. And then, um, I think the momentum 
could be um then they make the final uh, of the UEFA Cup in 2008 2008 yeah cuz so were, um, were that at Old Trafford uh, or, or did they play Man United at some point I'm not I don't know I they played Zenit because I was reading up earlier they played Zenit in the final yeah I'm not sure who I don't not know sure where it was. that's at yeah. I'll have a quick look I just remember Rangers fans filling center of Manchester mm. But I don't know what that might have been a completely different game. Um, Who was the manager then? Would it be Walter Smith? Yeah, yeah. Quite possibly uh, Walter Smith. Because they had Walter Smith for quite a few years. Yeah. What he ever had to do. Rangers 2008 UEFA Cup final. Where was it? Yeah. City of Manchester Stadium. I thought it must have been in Manchester because mm. the Rangers fans, of course, filled, filled the centre of Manchester. Some brilliant photos of that. So. Yeah, you you'd love to see Rangers do it again after what what's happened to Rangers between 2008 and where they've got back to that point now. Um just, yeah, I mean, just imagine John Lundstrom from a, from relegation to <laughs> Europa League winner. <laughs> how how would you find that? John Lundstrom is is a is a complex thing to talk about like what what he's been for. I mean, last um two years ago, it was actually I saw something. I'm not sure how true it actually was. He was maybe penciled in for an England call up, Sheffield United. Obviously, he might be on the bench. He's not as playing as much at Rangers as, uh, as he probably thought he was going to. But if if, if John Lundstrom was playing in the Europa League final, it's just absolutely unbelievable to think. But I mean, last season for for Sheffield United, he was um, fairly terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And if they won Europa, he'd be playing in the Champions League next year. Yep. Um, quite possible. <laughs> it, it it's not unrealistic to say at the moment, as you said, they could quite easily beat Braga, and then they've got Leipzig or Atalanta, and you put Rangers up against everybody at Ibrox at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, let's see what happens. Hopefully, Rangers get through, and hopefully, West Ham get through, and it could be a UK UEFA Cup final. Yeah. Um, I'm just it, um just to mention um I just seen the Conference League draws out as well. Yes, just. And uh, Leicester drawn against PSV of uh, Netherlands. Um, I think Leicester could also go fairly far. Yeah. Um, I would. It's probably the best chance of Europa League qualification at the moment. Um, because they're mid-table, aren't yeah. they? In the league. Yeah, they're not really going to be, be probably be doing it through the Premier League. Focus. Yeah. Now. I and, think you'd fancy a maybe an English or a British club in all three finals at Europa Conference, yep. Champions League, and. We how it's going, especially with Leicester, probably one of the better teams in the, the last eight of the Europa Conference League. We've been playing at Tottenham. But I mean, like it is kind of a third competition, so I don't think I think Tottenham prefer to get in top four, get qualification. Than yeah, Conference League, but it's like about that in it for Leicester fans. It's a it's, it's a tournament. They won the FA Cup last year and to Europa Conference League. A chance of winning it. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Right, that's your European football talked about Premier League as well. Next up, we'll uh, after a song, we'll go have a quick song, quick break for us, and then we'll we'll go over the the championships result, uh, results from midweek fixtures tomorrow, and then as I say, a bit about League One. Like us on Facebook and keep up to date with the latest news, highlights, and events. Facebook.com/slash/FordRadio. Forge Radio. Welcome back to a view from the terraces. Next up, the championship. 
tomorrow's fixtures, just a few to go over while we've got all the uh, big big derby. Tiffin yeah. out of Barnsley, half 12. 12.30 kickoff, it's like a bit of a do or die fixture for us, especially what's happened in the last two games against Coventry and Blackpool. But you've gone to, you, if you were saying that we've got Barnsley and half 12 kickoff a few months ago, it's like an easy It's a banker, point. yeah, but Barnsley but being a good real. We are. How they've turned it around. I mean, they had 14 points, and I've I, I look, they probably only won four or five games. In, but I mean, because of the maybe the competition around them, I mean, they've, they've got right back in it. It's basically between them and Reading, you fancy to get that to, to get survival. But I feel like I feel like for Sheffield United at, at home, I feel like when we played Middlesbrough the other week, we because we had Wilder. Um, and we had that kind of adrenaline, the fact that he used to play with. I feel like a Yorkshire derby, and the fact that we've on back of two fairly negative results, I feel like we we might have that kind of performance level and that kind of atmosphere back because of the, the like 29,000, 30,000 that's going to be in the uh, Yorkshire derby. And it's, it's more of a must win. Yeah. Maybe back in the day. I mean, looking at the table. It's so, so tight. I mean, you've got Uddersfield in third on 63 points, having played a game or two more than... And, Black, and Blackburn on 61. Both of them have played 38 games. Then you've got Luton, QPR, Middlesbrough, Sheffield United, all on 37. And even Millwall, only a point behind Sheffield United, um, that have played 37. And that there's... Two point three points separating all of those sides, and you've got Forest just above Sheffield United. They've only played thirty six games, and they're on the same points as Sheffield United in in fifty eight points. Um, we try, which I think we tried predicting who we're gonna get the 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 four championship playoff places a few weeks back. It could be any of those now. I think I know you were on a good run then, so. Sort of, Last couple of games have stumbled a little bit. Forest are flying at the moment. Of course, they've got a game yeah, in or two on those I, around them. I feel like Nottingham Forest, I know they've got the FA Cup as well, but I feel like that they're probably in pole position, maybe third or fourth, where are they go, where are they going off and they're on fire. And then you've got other teams. You've got Huddersfield, Blackburn, Sheffield United, um, and you've also got teams like Millwall and Luton that are, that are kind of flying. I know Luton's got a game at Hull this week, but you look at... Um, you look at the games on offer, the points on offer, it's just whoever can get a result as quick as possible and try and mark down a playoff spot, get a few wins together, mark mm. down a playoff spot because there's going to be teams that's going to be win, winning and losing. But, but like you say, it's going to be hard to predict. But I feel like that there'll be teams like Nottingham Forest and, um, example, us. I feel like if once after the international break is vital for us because if we get three or four players back, back playing, Back fit, I, I feel like we've probably got one of the better squads in there. If you look at someone like teams like Millwall and maybe Luton, it, it might come a stretch too far, even if you do manage to get into the playoffs. But it's like usually you've got an idea who's the team that's going to win the playoffs, who may be. There's usually the like your, th- your third place, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, there is. There's someone but... usually competing with the top two, with looks of it. There's not maybe a few weeks ago you thought that. Looks like Fulham and Bournemouth are going to run away with it. So you've just got everyone else is just on offer, and it, it's going to be an exciting end to season. Every single game is like a must win, unless you really like lay down a marker and getting them playoff spots ahead of what would be a good 
playoffs for the neutral because it's, it's like you'd have no idea really who's going to no. win. Maybe someone like Nottingham Forest could lay down a bit of a marker between the rest of the pack. But apart from that, yeah, it's not a champ. It's not a championship playoff mix that in the past, like you said, there's always been one or possibly two really good sides. I think when when Wednesday got to the playoffs the first season, they had Wednesday, Derby, Hull, and Brighton. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that that were a really really strong, especially with the the squads that that everybody had that were really strong player for it. The year after, Wednesday, Reading, Uddersfield, and who did Reading beat? I can't even remember that year. Yeah, that um, were one of the poorer ones. Reading beat, I think they beat Fulham. It, it was Fulham. Uddersfield won two, two. They won a semi-final and a final. Without scoring. Without scoring. Yeah. Goal, but but yeah, the, the, that's what I'm getting at. This season is more like that one in terms of it's a bit more up for grabs. Mm. There's no sort of runaway team. There's no. It it don't come across as a strong playoff. Mixed to me in terms of quality. I mean, the old court Huddersfield done, and on paper, the the side that they've got isn't. Yeah, it, average, it, yeah. Like, I mean, Tom Lee's at the heart of their defence. He were abysmal for Wednesday last season, and and there's been like a mainstay of their defence scoring goals in the last <laughs> few games as well. I mean, how do you see it going, Rahul? Um, no, I mean, like you guys have said, can't really predict, can you? Yeah, looking at the tables, about eight, nine teams that could go into. Mm playoff spots um and every couple of weeks the teams that you think will go through suddenly start losing a couple of games and the mix just gets mixed up even more mm. so yeah i mean you look at goal difference could quite possibly become a big factor in this one as well i mean Huddersfield 11 same with blackburn 11 loot and 12 qpr 8 middlesbrough 8 forest are probably looking good for that because they're on 18 they're sort of eight set seven or eight goals in front of everybody else um but it could come down to that just with how close the points are at the moment. But yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. Other fixtures tomorrow include like around the playoffs. Uddersfield against Bournemouth. That's a, a big, big test for Uddersfield, especially after losing the first game in what fifteen, sixteen to to them going up against Bournemouth, who a place above them, only three points above them, but three games in hand. I think if Bournemouth were to win that one, that's that's your top two safely. Yeah. Um, confirmed. Um, at Uddersfield, I think Bournemouth could capitalise on Uddersfield possibly going on a poorer run of form after a defeat. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, the uh, obviously the the FA Cup loss is lost one of the. Just think, um, no one expected Uddersfield in playoffs this year. Did they? No, Carlos Corbani were. They didn't have really a great season last season, year. No. Last season, you've 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 got like what they did the other year. It is almost like similar. Yeah, to, very similar. Like, just expect. You know, just feel just they just carried on getting results and got in the playoffs. It would be good for them to get in the playoffs, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Huddersfield are one of the teams out like that mid-season. Mm, quite possibly. Then you've got as you mentioned earlier, Hull versus Luton. Could go either way. You'd probably expect Luton to, to win that one, but all have had a couple of good results. Reading Blackburn. Got to expect Blackburn to really go to Reading and win that, as we say, the looking towards the bottom of I the table. I feel like Reading will need to win that, though, especially when they do. The, we, uh, with Barnsley, like, creeping below him. I feel like Paul Lynch has got to get something to 
put something together. It's, I, I know one expected Paul Lynch to be ready manager. No, come no, out. It will. He's got his son on board. Odd decision was and he's not had that new manager bounce. They're in the currently sitting. As you say, two points above Barnsley on thirty points. Barnsley twenty eight points, and Barnsley are on a really good run of form. Um, it's one of their managers you think that are probably never going to get a job again. And the next thing is that they've got a fairly decent job. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Stoke Millwall, tough game for Millwall. They're, they're still in with a shout. Only two points behind QPR in sixth. So, yeah, we can't really predict that one at the moment. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to predict that one up until the last game of the season. Yeah. We'll move on to League One. <laughs> lowly, lowly League One and talk a bit about the Wednesday. Um, had a great result on Saturday. Wednesday 6, Cambridge nil. Uh, Berahino scoring goals again. Everything's going going well, going swimmingly. We're looking like a really sure sure bet for the, the playoffs and then we're going to draw 1-1 one, one at only Accrington Stanley. What a bad side. Let's be, I mean, they don't play the greatest football, but 12th in the league, they're effective in what they do. So Wednesday, currently 7th, as we've sat for, I think, most of the season, whether we've won, lost, or got on a 10-game <laughs> winning run or whatever, we, we still seem to be sitting 7th. Um, point behind Sunderland, game in hand on Sunderland. Three points behind um, Oxford, game in hand on Oxford. So... We're still looking good for the playoffs, but as as an outsider's perspective, and I'll pass it over to you. To what what what? How do you see the League One playoff race? Because I think really it's a similar story in terms of the top two are, are probably up unless something and it's begin really drastically yeah. changes. Because Wigan have got a couple of games in hand on MK Dons and Rotherham above them. Wigan could go top if they were to win both games in hand on Rotherham. Um, Rotherham have looked solid throughout the season, to be, to be fair to them. So, yeah, I think the top two are confirmed, but how do you two see the rest I of the I feel like first? if you look at League Table from three to eight, it's like a bit of a free-for. I mean, Wickham, uh, below them, I don't think... Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's eight probably out of the question. Yeah. You've got MK Dons, Oxford, Plymouth. I feel like I fancy Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday to get in the playoffs. I feel like they've got the better squads compared to... Maybe Plymouth, Oxford, MK Dons, but I mean you never know how it's going to go on to League One. I mean, you've got you've got like a I, I remember like the absolute years ago when Barnsley just crept into the playoffs like and, and ended up just winning them out of blue. So I feel like League One is always a bit of a like you don't really know what's going to, like like Blackpool last season. No one really fancied them compared to um I think they finished they might have finished third in the end. It's just whoever gets the maybe the best run to this uh, end of the season. I fancy Sheffield Wednesday as Sunderland, but I mean Sunderland's playoff record last few seasons has not been great, and uh, but they've got a new manager in Alex Neil. Fancy them, but you've you've got teams like MK Dons. They've 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 got a great side. Before. they've got a good side. They've yeah. got a great side. I think if if I'll put money on it, I think it's between. Probably us and MK Dons to go up out of the playoffs. Um, Sunderland, yes, it's Sunderland. And yes, the beat is 5 0 uh, away from home just after Christmas. But uh, they've not been on a great run themselves. Alex Neal's come in and steadied them a little bit, but they've not been anything out of the ordinary to, to me. MK Dons, on the other hand, 
as I said, they've got they've got a great side. They've got Moisa up front. Brought Connor Wickham in in January, which I know he's he's had his injury problems and didn't pull that many trees up when he came to to Wednesday eighteen months ago. Or so, but for League One, that's a great signing to have Connor Wickham yeah. in your ranks. Scott Twine, top scorer, um, may even be top scorer in the league. I can't be sure on that one. I'll check that one, but he's definitely up there. Um, yeah, he is top scorer in the league. They've got both two two top scorers in the league, and Scott Twine, fourteen goals, ten assists. Um, he scored a brilliant goal at Hillsborough earlier on in the season. And then, as I say, Moisa, uh, eleven goals, one assist. Going forward, the the they look really good. They've got Troy Parrott as well. I think. Uh, yeah. Wasn't wasn't Corbiano at? Uh, he was. Wednesday? Yeah, that another one I was going to say. We had Theo Corbinu, um, hmm. the first half of the season from Wolves. <laughs> and then yeah, we didn't really make the most of him. I don't think he to. I, don't think he really fit into how Darren Moore wanting to play. Um, of course, he, he, he Wolves recalled him to then loan him, loan him back out to uh, to MK Dons, which hasn't really hindered us. We've probably been better without him, but I don't think that was really to do with him leaving. I think that yeah. was just he didn't fit into how Darren Moore wanting to play in terms of having, whereas Corbyn was more of a an out-and-out winger. We were wanting to, well, as we have played with we, we, we yeah. wing backs, which never really suited him. It suited Mendes Lang better when he's been in the side, albeit yeah. he's injured now. But it suits really Jack Hunt on one side, Marvin Johnson on the other. So while we've not really suffered from letting him letting him be recalled and not really using him, it don't it doesn't detract from the fact that he's a quality player. Yeah. Um, and in a side like MK Dons, that are probably a bit more free flowing in mm. terms of football that the player he is is always going to do really well for them. He's a brilliant player. I think he'll personally I do think he'll play in the Premier League at some point. He's still only young, nineteen, twenty years of age and he he looked really good for us in a position that wasn't really suiting him. Yeah. He he scored a great goal. Uh, he has only scored one goal for MK Don so far and one assist, but it was a great goal against Portsmouth. I don't know if you saw it. I think it might have been his debut um, a couple of months back now. But, yeah, really good goal. As I say, the, the, going forward, the, the MK Don's look really good and the team that they have on paper is is very strong. So that would be sort of what my money would be on if if it wasn't Wednesday. I think it's going to be if we do get in the playoffs, which I think the run that we, we're on, Generally, I know we drew against Accrington, but we still didn't play too bad. A bit sloppy in places, but it wasn't a disastrous performance. Um, yeah. I think you probably like the uh, atmosphere has probably changed from the <laughs> start of the season. Obviously, yeah. Um, there were like it's uncertainty on whether Paul were going to get sacked or, or mm. whatever, and uh, but he's he's kind of got fans on his side. I don't know. Obviously, yeah, I'd agree. Fans, no more, and you'd you'd definitely fancy the playoffs this year. Well, I well I would, especially with with, with team you've got because you've you've probably got the best player in the league, Barry Bannon. Yeah, and if you've got Berahino, I mean, look what he he, uh, he scored an hat trick one day. I mean, potentially, he, I know he's, he's probably knocking on now, and he had put in his it's still only twenty eight, which is surprising. That's, that's it is surprising. Kind of painful, isn't it? Did he get an England call? I think he was called up. Called up, but men not got Never played. No, he never, never They were like, played. whatever happened. No, still... no, he's not. It, sorry, sorry. He's, no, he, he played for Burundi. 
Yeah. I, I know it might have been around like, it where we. You might have, yeah. Might have gotten a call up when. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Spurs. I'm not sure, but I think he. I think, might I think he played it. Yeah. I think uh, I'll check, but I think I think you're right in that he definitely played for England youth, and there's quite a possibility that yeah. in that he. Uh, I think he switched to Burundi a few years ago. Yeah, England 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s, 20s, 21s, then Burundi from 2018. So there, there was there was that around uh, around England. Let's have a look. Uh, I think as far as he got. Um, I think there were calls for him. Out of, I think there were, the yeah. 2014 World Cup, weren't it? 6th of November 2014, England manager Roy Hodgson promoted Berrien, who promoted Berrien to the West Bromwich Albion first team in 2011, named him in his squad for the first time ahead of a Euro 2016 qualifying match against Slovenia at Wembley um, and friendly against Scotland at Celtic Park three days after. Uh, he didn't take part in either. Uh, of the senior matches that he was called up for. So, yeah, you're right in that, that he was was called up. And then with that, I think, again, with his, you know, uh, his, his plight through the, the, the football pyramid, um, ended up playing for, for Burundi. But, yeah, clearly he has got that quality and a bit of confidence, which he seems to have got at the moment, could go a long way. And he could have, got, he could have had more than a hat-trick, to be honest, uh, against Cambridge. And you mentioned Barry Bannon. So somehow is divisive among fan, among Wednesday's fan base that is overrated. Is this? Is that? It just it, it it angers me and frustrates me that people don't just sit back and enjoy the fact that we've got Barry Bannon in League One. I mean, he's uh, whenever like a couple of games I've seen him live. What a joy! Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he is so good, and we, we, uh, people should really, in my opinion, just be grateful that in an era where there's very little loyalty in football, he's shown it in abundance yeah. Um, yeah. to to stay. People say he's not a captain. I don't know well he'd have as captain in that side, to be honest. Um, over back over Barry Bannon, I don't think he'd, I wouldn't change it. Um. Yeah, people just need to sit back and enjoy him, really, because the he's far and above the the level he's currently playing at. And for me, he, he could, with a, t- a good team around him, which he hasn't had since twenty sixteen, really twenty sixteen, twenty sixteen seventeen. That was the last time he's really had a good 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 side around him, a good midfield around him up until now, where he's got Luongo and Byers. It's working well. With a good team around him, he's good enough for the Premier League for me. Mm. I, he he has been for the seven years that he's been at the club. Yeah, you could so. still, definitely. He's definitely not League One. Still. No, definitely not. I think there were probably the opportunity to go to Brentford in the summer, oh. and that's the level of loyalty that he seems to. He's settled. Um, he's settled in Sheffield. Partner, daughter. Yeah. Um, I think he'll probably play for the club for for the rest of his career. To be honest, there's a connection there that not many players have with football clubs. Wednesday have had maybe three or four while I've been while I've been going. Atenuio, Jose Semedo, Rita Johnson, and I think Barry Bannon. I think he's the fourth one that uh, you know players that really have a connection with the fan base. And yeah, long long may it continue. 
Right, just to finish off, last couple of minutes. Yesterday, Gareth Southgate announced his England squad. Um, I'll just get it up now. I'm just getting it up. Do you think... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any surprises? They deserve call-up for Margohi. Yeah. Uh, Conor Gallagher. Um, I mean, for Palace, um, Tarek Mitchell could have... Um, yeah, knock, been Knocking well. at the door. Um, surprise is not Tomori. I think I'd have Tomori ahead of, you know, Mings, Mings or yeah. Cody. Uh, Abraham Zev is good. Um, Conley Gallagher as Rashford well. I think, dropped, a, yeah. I think call, calling Conley Gallagher up probably in, in place, well, possibly not in place of Rashford, you know, different positions, but it's a spot that maybe Rashford would have filled. Yeah. I think Conley Gallagher is well worth that. I think, yeah. I mean, um, with Rashford, there's no complaints. I thought Sancho uh, has been playing well enough Yeah, true. to get a call up. But it's it's a friend, couple of friendlies right against. Um, I don't know who they're playing. Yeah. Um. So it's the the side for friendlies against Switzerland and Ivory Coast, twenty sixth and twenty twenty ninth of March. Yeah. I'd so. probably maybe like call call like someone else and just try and get like, like I say, it's a couple of friendlies. Is it Jared Bowen injured? Not me. Not fully <laughs> fit. I don't think he's fully fit. Yeah, yeah he, he picked that injury up with one of the Super Sunday games. Yeah. I can't remember who it was against yeah, now. I feel like if he were fit, then they called him to get that opportunity. He was playing a few months ago. He, they were saying that he was basically like, kind of. I, I think he's up. there. Yeah, if he, he were fully there, fit. Just, not be, like I say, it's, if, you, if you look at all the options they've got, England, it, it's a couple of things, but. Hopefully they'll get him towards well, just like yeah. I mean, you, finally we've got an abundance of riches really for England. Um, yeah, fullbacks and <laughs> fullbacks, forwards. Yeah, I mean, you two, you two centre halves, Maguire and Stones. I know Maguire's not in great form for Man United, but he's never really let England down. Yeah. to be fair to him, so. That's fairly set in stone at the moment. Then you've got Jewel. It's a young talent as well that's coming through. Jewel Bellingham, Conor Gallagher, Declan Rice, Mount, Foden, Saka, Emil Smith Rowe. And as you mentioned, you've got people like Tariq Mitchell that are knocking on the door. Jared yeah. Bowens, are you, still a you know, fairly young player. Was he 23, maybe 24? Yeah. Um, Sancho as well. You, you can go on. It's a really good position for Southgate to be in. So, yeah. You'd, de- you'd definitely start <laughs> towards World Cup. Especially yeah, I think. Especially the players that are <clears throat> coming up after, after that. Because, for example, Italy might have won two years, but they, they won it on a fairly ageing squad compared to ours. Yeah. And, and, and the options that we've got, I, I know, I, I think Brazil have also got like a lot of talented youngsters coming. <clears throat> um, but you'd, you'd fancy us maybe top top four I, I'm not sure what like the betting odds are the World Cup are this year but I'm betting fairly yeah they're going to be fairly high for sure for sure right that's all we've got time for on the view from the terraces this week be the last one for a couple of weeks I don't think really we're going to be doing a sports desk either so full steam ahead for varsity coverage so make sure to tune in for that and we'll see you in a couple of weeks <laughs>